Welcome to City Reach Cumberland's weekly podcast. We hope this message blesses you. For more information about us, you can check us out on the web at cityreachcumberland.com. And then today is, is really a unique setting with it because this is the first time that Hector has been on the keys. And uh, and this is... This is an uh, amazing testimony of God right here. Some of you know it, but for the new ones, this man just graduated our Hope Home a couple weeks ago. And God took him from a stinky, dirty, drunk living in the woods to being here with us today looking good and sounding good. Absolutely. Hector, we're proud of you, man. And and the rest of you, we love you guys and we appreciate everything that you do for us and all the hard work that goes into this. So I know we have a a couple new faces here this morning and... uh, I just want to introduce myself real quick. Um, my name is Phil, um, also a graduate of our Hope Home. So it's, it's just amazing to watch the things that, that take place with God here, of the transformation of lives that happen and the, the new highs that God takes us to. Also, my, my message, if you didn't know my name, um, the message today may not make a whole lot of sense to you. Um, it's very uniquely named. So... This message this morning is actually titled, and of our slides, All About Phil. So, we're going we're gonna to start this message, though. It was July 20th, 1984, and this sweet little baby boy was born. I'm, I'm just playing with you guys. I, I really am. Um, to let you know that that is my birthday. It is coming up. Um, I like cash and Nikes, all right? <laughs> so so the, the real reason I name it that is, is actually because we're going to make this all about Philippians. Um, all about Philippians, it's, it's a special book, a special epistle inside of the Bible, and it, it has so much meaning to it, and there's, there's a lot to really uncover in it and to understand the backstory of it. But before we go into this message today, let us, let us go ahead and pray over top of it and ask for God's anointing and God to speak for it. Father God, we, just, we sit here and we call you Abba. You are the greatest father that we could have. And you've given it all to us, God. You've given us the, the same power that you have to create the earth itself. You have dwelled inside of us and given us that same privilege. And God, I just, I I invite you to the house that you gave us. And I I thank you that you've gave us a word. I ask that you anoint it today, God. As always, allow it to be 100% of you and zero of me, God. Allow it to be received with the ears, the mind, and the heart by everyone today. Allow your word to flourish inside of our spirit and empower us to go through all of our days. God, I pray for safety and blessings over top of this congregation, and for those in this city, Father God, I ask that you you use this to attract them and bring them to the love of you. 
about again. We just tell you that we love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, all about Philippians. And I, and I think to, to understand the, the actual book of Philippians, we have to look at how the Philippi church came about and how Paul got there to, to begin this. And I think we'll understand a little bit more of how he talks about the, the things he does inside of the, the, the letter of Philippians. So where we're actually going to start with this message today is in Acts 16. Now, leading up to this, um, the Apostle Paul has already went through his first missionary journey. He's on his second missionary journey now. Um, he's traveled through multiple different regions um, to, to spread the news of Jesus and the things that have happened to him and, and preach the word of God. And coming to this, on the, on the several places before this, he, he's required to, to go through near Asia. And, and the Holy Spirit prevents him from, from preaching in those territories and moves him on to other ones. And it's very important to understand that, that Paul was sensitive to the Holy Spirit, that, that he, he always was, was led by the Spirit, listened to the Spirit. And it's important for us to do today. So we're going to start here in Acts 16, verse 9. We're going to read down through verse 13. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran straight, a straight course to Sumatras, I believe that's how it's pronounced, Fred will correct me later, and the next day came to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of the part of Macedonia, a colony, and we were staying in that city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside, where prayer was customly made. And we sat down and spoke to the woman, women who met there. So I said that Paul was very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He had been led through different territories to get to this point. And it says that Paul had a vision. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. Now it's 100% unclear of whether this was a dream, whether he was awake, whether this was just a mental image, or whether God gave him a, a physical image in front of him to see. From the way that I read this, with it saying at, in the night, I'm, I'm convinced that this was a dream of Paul's as he was sleeping. Again, 100% uncertain. That's the, the translation that I take of it, the interpretation. But it says a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And this is the, the greatest thing about Paul, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It says, now after he had seen the vision, immediately, immediately went. Now it does say, there's an us in there, I believe it is. Um, it is Paul and Silas that are, that are on this missionary journey, and possibly Timothy, because previous to this, Timothy was spoken of and joined with them. But the two that we're concentrating on is Paul and Silas. 
Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Sumatra, the next day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi. When God gives you something, sometimes you have to work for it. There's, there's a course that must be taken to get there. But when God gives you a, a feeling, or God gives you a vision, or God gives you a dream, or presses something on your heart, I plead of you guys to not brush it off, to act upon it immediately, because it's all in God's timing. If God's placed it on your heart, go for it. Go for it. If, if God is saying to you right now, stand up and go to McDonald's, I am not going to be offended whatsoever by you following the leading of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I, I actually prefer it for you to do that. Because the, the Holy Spirit is way more important than anything else that we can ever imagine in this life, anything we could ever do or, or want inside of our life. The leading of the Holy Spirit, it'll, it'll lead you on, as it does with Paul here, to immaculate things, to do other things with inside of other people's lives and not just yours. And it's important to know that, that a lot of times the leading that the Holy Spirit is placing on you, it's, it's not for you alone. Yes, it is a blessing of your life to operate with the Holy Spirit. But it's more important to know that God wants to use you as his instrument to reach others as he used Paul. Now, they're in Philippi. Philippi is, Macedonia is, is a bigger territory. It's a Roman-controlled territory. So it says that they went outside of the city to the river to pray. I found an interesting fact here this week that there wasn't a strong Jewish population inside of the, the region of Macedonia. And, and the reason I believe that is, as I was reading a thing that said, where there is 10 or met more Jewish males, there was required for a synagogue for them to be a, a, as a meeting place. So they went outside of the city for the customary prayer. And when Paul does, he meets some women that are sitting there. And Notice, though, in his vision that it said a man appeared to him. Paul didn't get hung up on the details of exactly. He used every opportunity that he had to preach the gospel. Because if Paul would have went outside of the city to the river and he would have had the mindset of, I can only preach to a man because that is what I've seen in my vision, he would have never sat with the women to preach the gospel to them. Make the most of all of your opportunities. Don't get so hung up when it has to look exactly like this. It has to be this way because you're going to miss everything around you. I picture that when, when we go on vacation that if I'm so set on I can only enjoy the beach, then everything else around me I'm not going to be enjoyable to. I, I won't enjoy the family when we're walking down the street to, to go to the restaurant because my mind is so set on the beach itself. It's the same when you're operating with God and inside of the, the, the leading of the Holy Spirit that you take advantage of all opportunities. It'll also give you when, you, when you go out here on the streets and you want to preach the gospel to somebody, you don't pick a certain select group of people. 
Because everybody that's out there needs the gospel. Everybody that's out there needs Jesus. So, after this, and I, I, I didn't put, I just want to give you like a tutorial of the story leading up to the, the, the epistle of the Philippians. Um, that with Paul speaking to them women, he, he gets the opportunity to meet a, a lady named Lydia that's within the women. And Lydia says to him, I received Jesus. I received what you speak of. And if you truly believe that, I, that I've received this, then I want you to come to my home and spend the night. Both you, both you and Silas, I want you to come eat dinner with me. Paul agrees. And what happens that night? The entire house of Lydia receives the Holy Spirit, receives the Word of God, and it says that all of them are baptized. A lot of times when we're speaking to somebody, our actions affect them, and then their actions affect many. The same that happens here. Paul speaking to one woman led to an entire household being baptized in the name of Jesus. And sometimes we don't get to see that ripple effect. You saying Jesus to one person can affect thousands. And you need to be acceptable to that. But Paul stays the night. Silas stays the night. The next morning they get up, they go, they go back into the city and they're walking through. And all of a sudden this demonic possessed girl that is a slave girl is telling fortunes, but she follows Paul and Silas saying, they have come to tell you the truth. They can tell you where true salvation and saving lies. Well, Paul gets eventually annoyed with this woman, tailing behind him and, and saying this constantly. And Paul turns to her and says, in the name of Jesus, come out. And it tells us that, that everything is under the authority of the name of Jesus. And that is exactly what takes place with this demonic possessed girl. It says immediately the spirit left her. Now there was the owners of the slave girl got very upset at this because that was their, their fortune. That was how they was making their money was this demonic possessed girl taking and telling people's fortunes. So they grab Paul and Silas. They drag them through the city. They, they bring them in front of the Roman authorities and they, they, they put all this blasphemy on them and tell them that they're preaching things against our culture. It's not right what they're doing. Instantly, the Roman authorities beat Paul and Silas, strip them of their clothing, and throw them into the innermost part of the prison. Horrible day for Paul and Silas is what they see. So Paul and Silas are in prison. Now, the, the Philippians epistle was written by Paul when he was in prison, but not on this prison stay here. This was multiple years later when the, when the, the Philippians epistle was written. Um, Paul was actually on his third missionary journey. He was in, uh, jailed in Jerusalem. Um, he spent two years in prison there. He, he appealed to, to Caesar because he was a Roman citizen and could do that. So they move him from Jerusalem over to Rome to hear his case. He's, he's actually set free from prison, but he's, he's tethered to a Roman guard. Basically, like we have house arrest today, but they didn't have the fancy little ankle monitors. Theirs was a, a big, strong guy in armor and stuff like that that was tethered to you and walked you around the streets. So kind of like the box, just a little bigger. Um, which brings us to, that's where Paul wrote uh, the, the letter to the, the Philippi church. Which is going to bring us into the beginning of Philippians. And we're going to look at Philippians 1, verses 1 and 2 to start off. 
It says, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father the Lord, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Paul is speaking of, of grace and peace. When he's in one of the, the most unimaginable, horrible situations that you could think of in your life. I mean, I, I know me personally, anytime that I was in jail, peace was not the thing I was thinking about whatsoever. And I was rightly convicted. Paul is wrongly convicted, placed into prison, being beaten and tortured, and is talking about grace and peace. And this sets the tone for the entire letter to the Philippians. 100% Paul talks about joy to you, peace to you. Which we'll see some of it here in a second. But there's a, there's a word in there that I found so interesting. And it's that word, bondservant. Bondservant. I looked over all the letters that, that Paul wrote. And in most of them, the very beginning of them, Paul says, I, the apostle of Jesus Christ. He's identifying in most of his letters his title and his authority that Jesus has given him. That's because most of his letters, he's writing to them to correct an issue that is inside of the church. Not with the Philippians, though. He's writing them to tell them, I love you. I love what you're doing. I love how you're handling it. Continue to have that joy that you have. Continue to be at peace with one another as you are. But that word bondservant, I got to looking at it. And I found two of kind of definitions of it. And one of them says, bondservant in the kingdom of God is another way of saying leader. This is someone that people look up to and watch closely in order to pattern their lives after them. I ask every one of you in here today to go ahead and accept over top of your life the title bondservant. Be a leader inside of the kingdom of God. Be somewhere that when you go out in these streets, somebody says, I want to be like them. I want to have the joy that they have. I want to be content like they are. Another, another definition of it is a bondservant, not a bound slave, but a person who is free to leave but stays by choice. That's another reason I ask you to take that title of bondservant. There's not a single person in here that got woke up this morning at gunpoint and said you're going to church. You're going to hear the word of God. If that did happen to you, please raise your hand and I will help you. Okay? But it's not. We, we all said, I want to be a servant to Jesus. I want to follow. I want to hear the word of God. I want to be with like-minded people and in a building together and serving God today. That is exactly what Paul was identifying himself and Silas, or Paul, him and Timothy, excuse me. That's exactly what he is identifying them as. 
Silas was in prison in Philippi with him. Timothy was with him when he left Jerusalem over to Rome. So, but there's only one other place that I found the word bondservant used. If you see it anywhere else, please let me know. But it's in Philippians 2, 5 through 7. It says, let this mind be in you, which also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. Excuse me, that, that translation says men. But he refers to, to Jesus as the same way he referred to himself, a bond servant. And if there's anybody in this world or ever in existence that deserves the title of leader, it is Jesus. Every one of us should strive our life every day to look at the example that he set the role model that he was, and say, I want that. I want to be like him. This is a man that did no wrong. Paul is expressing again how he was wrongly convicted. Both Jesus was wrongly convicted and Paul was wrongly convicted. And I believe that's why he's referring to them as the same. Now Paul in no way is saying that he's a god. In no way, shape, or form. He knows his position. Just like when Jesus came to earth. He knew his position. He humbled himself under the hand of God and was obedient to God. And it's so, so important for all of us to understand that. And in the leading of the Holy Spirit, we, we talked about the visions and that, that God will speak to you in so many different ways. But I wholeheartedly believe that the main way God will speak to you and have you understand is through His Word. And if you don't know the voice of God, if you don't know how God speaks, you will never be sensitive to the leading of God with the Holy Spirit. So I beg of all of you, get in your Word. Even if it's two to five minutes a day, Get your Bible app and, and open it up. It doesn't matter where you read, but just understand what God is saying. Learn His voice so that when your vision comes, you can immediately start walking in it because you have no doubt that it is God that is speaking to you. And I think with myself at least, I know that that's where I've gotten confused a lot of times. I don't immediately act. I, I fall victim to that, that mindset of, oh, well, I've got to do this, or I've got to do this first, or was that really God? But I can tell you any, any word that God has ever spoken to me, when I take it back to the Word of God and I start reading His Word, I get a clear-cut answer of, yes, what I said to you is from Him, and I want you to do it. And it says in the very first part of 5, it says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Guys, get the, the mindset of Christ. Count it all as joy. Be okay with your circumstances. And it, it doesn't matter where you're at in life. 
you can have that mindset. We'll see it here in a second. In Philippians 1.12, it says, But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. What? Dude, I've seen you beaten. I've seen you put in a prison. Like, what are you talking about? That this, this gave the furtherance of the gospel. How? Why? Because Paul counted it all as joy. And we see that if we jump back over to Acts. I was explaining to you that Paul was put into the, the, the innermost part of the prison. And he could have spent his time there saying, oh, pity me. Licking his wounds from the, the lashings he had taken. And, this is dumb. I was wrongly convicted. And this isn't worth it. Why am I here? That's not what we see Paul do. In 1625, Acts 1625, it says, But at the midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Now, I don't know about you guys, but there's times when I stub my toe, and I'm not praising God. Okay, I couldn't imagine being beaten and put into a prison cell, facing death itself thinking, I will never get to see my family again. I'm never going to get out of here. But because Paul counted it as all his joy, what took place after this is probably one of the most amazing things ever seen by man. It says that there was an earthquake that shook the foundation of the prison. And the doors came open. But not only did the doors come open, the shackles that were on the prisoners fell off. There's so much meaning to this. When you praise God in the middle of your storm, it falls off. That with the name of Jesus, that demonicness that's over top of your life can't stand there no more. And Paul had just gotten to see that with the slave girl when he said, in the name of Jesus. We knew that sitting in the prison cell. At the name of Jesus, this prison can't stand. No matter if you're on top of the mountain or you're in the prison. No matter if you're rich or you're poor. No matter if you, if you have plenty or you have little. Praise God in the middle of all of it. We have got to lose this American mentality of I can only be doing good when my natural surroundings are doing good. And I, and I hate to say that, but don't take this wrong. I love this country. I really do. But there's times that we are greedy and selfish and, and look at everything is all about our circumstances. I want you guys as you as you go through today and tomorrow and that, to get that mindset, I don't care what that looks like. What I care about is what this looks like. In my heart, I will stand with joy. I will stand with pleasure because I know the circumstance. I made it through it before. I can make it through it again. It's not going to kill me, but I'm going to do it praising God. Paul tells us in Philippians 4.4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. 
again, I say rejoice. Now, I can understand our mentality that Paul said here. Rejoice when you're eating good. Rejoice when you got the good job. Rejoice when life is comfortable for you. But he doesn't say that. The Word of God says to you, rejoice always. Always. You know why Hector's up here playing the key? Why Hector's praising God today? Because in the middle of his storm, he knew what to do. I'm going back to God. I'm going to praise God. This situation won't stand. I'm not going to stink no more. I'm not going to be a drunk in the woods no more. I'm going to get my knees and I'm going to say, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, this won't stand. In the name of Jesus, my life will change. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And I'm repeating that verse constantly because I want that to be the first thing you think about in the morning. Monday morning and you're headed to work and you got the Monday blues. I want you to say that when you wake up in the morning. Rejoice. Always in the Lord. Rejoice. Paul was a special kind of character, a special person. I mean, he had a, a great way with his life. And, and one of the most precious things in life is our time. I want to take a look at that. Philippians 2, 17 through 18 says, Yes, and if I'm being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad. And rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. There's something special about a, a drink offering. All other offerings, there's some materialistic possession left over to it. There's something that can be done with it. I challenge any of you to take your, your bottle of water right now, and I give you permission, Fred can yell at me, Pour it on the floor. Because you know what's going to happen? You're not getting that drink back. And that's why I believe that Paul's referring to his time here. The time that I've spent rejoicing with you, the time that I've spent teaching you the Word of God, the time that we, we had together, there's no getting it back. I gave it as a sacrifice to God, and I never expected anything in return. He's actually referring back, I believe, to Numbers 28.7. And it says, And its drink offering shall be one-fourth of a hen for each lamb in the holy place. You shall pour out the drink to the Lord as an offering. When you give to God, don't expect in return. You can't come to God with a greedy, selfish heart of I'm only loving you because I want something in return. I gave you $5 because I expect $10 back in a year from now when I need something to eat. So when you give your time to someone, give it to them out of love. Give it to them as a sacrifice of, I don't care where you go from here. I want to see you joyous in your life. I want you to go on to do great things. 
but I'm giving it to you as a sacrifice to God. I just want to love you. I just want to be with you. I just want God shown. Nothing else. And I think if we all had the, the attitude of that, of no greediness, no selfishness, imagine how great of a place the world would be. If I just, if I just gave you time to give you time. You don't give your time to your children to get anything back. You give your time to your children because you want to see them grow up to do something great, to become something more than you are. And it's the same with God. He gives us himself. He gave us his son. His son died a horrible death, a criminal's death on a cross, a, a brutal beating. Not because he had to. Not, not because he was wanting something in return from you. He gave it to you just because he loves you. Just because he wanted to spend the factor of eternity with you. And we all need to have that. We all need to have that. And understand that that's why God did it. And that's why I do it. That's why, that's why we should all do it. Because I just love you. So the last verse that I have for you guys, and uh, the very ending part of this is actually my all-time favorite verse in the entire Bible. I love I love the Bible itself. Don't take that wrong. I don't pick and choose like, oh, this one's better, this one's not, that kind of thing. I love it all. But this is a verse that has stood with me since almost day one of my Christian walk. It says, starting in Philippians 4, verse 11, going down through 13. Not that I speak in regard to me, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things. Now listen, I believe God can give you supernatural powers if you can pick up a car, but I don't believe that that's exactly what this verse is meaning. So please, if you can't pick up the jug of milk later on, don't blame me if you couldn't do it. Okay, that's not, that's not what we're saying. But when it says all things, Paul's telling you that when my stomach is empty and I'm hungry, I can have the same joy as when I'm eating filet mignon and mashed potatoes. When the kids aren't acting the way that I want them to act, I can have the same joy with them as when they're being perfect little angels. And every parent in here knows what I'm talking about there. I can love my wife right now as when we're in the heat of the moment of an argument. So count all things as joy and remember that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And he's talking about that joy inside of your heart, inside of your life. Can I have the worship team? So I wanna I wanna say that if there's anybody here that doesn't know that joy, it's possible for you today. It is possible for you to 
to smile walking out of here as it is the same tomorrow when you wake up. You can have that same love and that same joy. But there's only one place that it comes from. And that's from Jesus himself. If you accept him into your heart, you can experience the joy. You can rejoice always, no matter your circumstance. So is there, would you guys stand with me, please? If, if there's anybody here, anybody here that has never experienced that joy and that peace in your life consecutively and always, please, please join us. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to help you experience that joy. We'd love to tell you how we have learned to experience that joy in our life. To have that same smile as Hector had this morning up here playing the keys. So if there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus, just please put your hand up. Nothing embarrassing. If you're someone that's here today that's in the middle of a bad situation and you don't know how to deal with it, and you just want prayer over top of your life to ask God to help you in it, or you need someone to stand in front of you and say, in the name of Jesus, this will not happen. Join us. Let us pray for this joy today. Father God, just tell you, thank you for joy. Thank you for peace. Thank you for love. Thank you for always giving it to us. God, you never fail us nor leave us. And we accept that today. God, we pray over top of all of us that our hearts will explode with joy and that a smile will always be on our face. God, as we walk away from here today, we pray for your guidance and we pray that your peace and joy is a light inside of us that shines to this world. The prison of this world, God, we ask that the shackles and chains fall off in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that this will happen. God, we tell you that we love you. We praise you and we honor you. In your precious son's name, Jesus, we say amen. Hallelujah, God, it's time for us to pour out our sacrifice at your altar. You're calling us, Lord. You're calling us, Lord. You just need our yes. He just needs your yes in your faith. Jealous for me, love's like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of His wind and mercy. And all of a sudden, I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory. When I realize just how beautiful you are And how great your affections are for me Oh, how he loves us so Oh, how he loves us 
how he loves us Yes, he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Yeah, he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Is our prize. We're drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes. And if grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. So heaven meets earth like a sloppy way, kissing my heart turns finally inside of my chest. And I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. Yeah, He loves like a hurricane I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy and all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory and I realize just how beautiful you are and how Great your affections are for me. Oh, 
how he loves us Father, we just thank you today, God, for your sweet presence, Lord. We thank you for your ministry, Lord. It's your spirit, God. It's your word. We're your people, Lord. And we, I thank you, Father God, that you're doing your work. Just want to thank everybody for being here today. And I, I really plead with everyone's heart today. Wildness in this world that we live in. Go with joy. Go with peace. When you're at the restaurant afterwards for lunch and your steak's a little out there done, don't flip out at the waitress. Have joy that you have the time to be there. Have peace in your situation. And so, like I said, if there's anybody here that has a situation in your life that you need prayer for and you want us to, to tell that to Mike, to Lee in the name of Jesus here for you and always are phones are always open no matter what you go through know that that we here we love you and we're here for life with you and to do life with you we love you guys thank you god bless have a good week